Welcome back to another episode of Vulnerable Views, a podcast where we open up and talk about things that are important to us and topics that are less talked about in our opinion. I'm Faria. And I'm Shelly. And we are so excited to share our views with you. Sometimes I just need time for myself and I just need time to be at home and just watch TV or whatever. And who am I really, right? Like, what do I like? Like, how am I? I've always been so focused on trying to get someone to like me that I've never thought about what do I bring to the table. I find myself like scrolling through the Austin Animal Shelter, like, Instagram account they have all these cute puppies and I'm like should I adopt a dog like having a written planner taking that second to actually write it out gives me a second to do like a quick mental check of do I really have the time to do this this week even if you're really hot and distracted by the dead animal that you're holding (laughs) oh wow okay (laughs) I am doing these certain things that I used to do in past trauma Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Vulnerable Views. This is season two, episode two. I'm here today with Shelly and our guest, Atia Hassan. We are so excited to have Atia on today to talk to us a little bit about parenting during a pandemic. Atia comes from a breadth of experience that can be described as interdisciplinary at best, healthcare, business, and digital media. She's an MD who graduated from medical school in 2015. She's a former co-founder of Brown Girl Magazine and has years of experience in the digital media space aside from it. Her professional work is in healthcare consulting, and she's a full-time working mom to three under two, twin boys and a 10-month-old daughter. Shelly and I both have been interested in parenting. Neither of us have kids. We have plans to have kids, which we will talk about a little bit later in the episode, but we are really curious to hear how parents were doing during this time, especially because our own lives have been uprooted and we're only taking care of ourselves. So really, really excited to have Athea here today to talk to us a little bit about her experience as a mom, as a working mom, as a working mom who's in school. Did, did I get all those right, Athea, by the way? Like, yeah, I think all yeah. those three, right? Mm-hmm. Oh my God. How do you do it? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, it's possible. I'll tell yeah. you that. It's possible. It's doable. What's it like having three little kids? Yeah, I mean, so the first time when I had the twins, I was in the hospital and I was relaxed because my babies were right there. You know, it wasn't, I, I, I wasn't in a rush to like get home or anything. But then when I had her, both of my twins had croup. And so they had fevers and they were they were sick. And at that time they were just crawling, you know? And so I would be in the hospital room with her and I would be like watching them on the video cameras because we had video cameras set up in the living room. And I would be watching them on there just crawling or like being sick and like whining or whatever. And it was like heartbreaking, right? Because all I wanted to do was be home with all of my kids. Um, and then... I actually had to end up going back into the ER a week later because I was so swollen. Like, my feet were, like, huge. And I had water in my lungs and, like, you know, I had, like, this weird complication from my C-section. But um, I was in the ER for, like, eight hours and I was just crying the entire time because I was just like, I just want to go home. (laughs) I don't want to be here. I just want to go home. And so... I think, and so I don't know how people who have like three or four kids and then they're in the hospital for like three days with their baby, how they deal. But then the other thing is like most of their kids are grown, right? Mm -hmm. Like usually when you have three or four kids, like your oldest one is like 10 at least. Uh, I think my situation was very unique, obviously. Um, So yeah, I mean, I don't recommend anybody having like a lot of kids so close together, but I do also give the advice to my friends, like at least have two that are close together because they keep each other busy. 
honestly like when you just have one they're very attached to you they always want attention but then if they have like somebody to play with then it it really helps make things a lot easier um but i think just now we're starting to like get into a place where it's fine with the three of them right um the boys understand more like when she was born like i was recovering from my c-section but i couldn't even like tell my boys like go get this like go mm-hmm. go pick that up or anything because yeah. they didn't understand. And so when you when you have kids that you can actually tell them to do little things for you, that makes a huge difference. Um, right. So in that sense, like I think our first one one and a half year were like super super difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I see you know there's like women on Instagram who have quadruplets and like they always have their kids smiling and all the pictures and I'm like how. How is that possible? Because I had twins and they were never smiling at the same time. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. yeah. So, is it hard to get a picture of the both of them like smiling? I can't even time? get a picture of all three of them, even now. <laughs> yeah. Like one of them's always like trying to run away. One of them's crying. Like, I don't know how those women do it. Um, but I, I, but then that's there's a lesson in that. Like, I have three very different children. Like, they're, right. they'll always be different. I, I shouldn't, you know, hold myself to any of those standards, Instagram standards specifically. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. I guess I'm curious to hear, like, what your day-to-day life was like before the pandemic, and then how did that affect your, like, you and your life? Yeah, I mean, before the pandemic, so we're talking about, like, March 15th prior, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I was barely coming out of maternity leave uh, for my daughter um, after having had my daughter. And um, I think, so I started work again in February, but I was mostly just working from home. I would go into the office maybe twice a week and for a few hours. And so I would just drop her off to the daycare that my boys were at. And then I would go to the office, attend my meeting, say hi to everybody, you know, show my face to my boss <laughs> and then go back home. Um, and so you know, I was still like transitioning into being a full-time, you know, working mom. And then when, when I heard, oh, we're going to have a shutdown for two weeks. And I was like, oh good, I can just stay home with my kids and work from home. I don't have to come into the office. And I thought, but at the same time, like we were so reliant on the daycare, like the daycare was such a big part of our life. And like, we depended on them for the day-to-day care for the boys, because there's just Every kid needs, like, one parent, I feel like, especially when they're that little. Um, so it was I – just, I just didn't know how we would manage. So we ended up just leaving and going and staying at my parents' house. So that was, that was a huge blessing. But, yeah, I mean, when I think back to that time, like, before the pandemic, it just sounds super stressful to me just because our life was so fast-paced. Like, we would wake up at 6 in the morning, you know, get things ready for the kids to go to daycare. What do they need? Like, diapers, um, you know, if they need any extra snacks, if they need anything extra. So, like, as soon as I woke up in the morning, I was already, like, processing all these, you know, decisions that I had to make for the kids that would last for the next 10 to 12 hours, and so it, it was just it was just really fast paced. And then once the pandemic hit, it was <laughs> it was a lot also. Like I'm not gonna say it was easy. It was just a lot. And there were a lot of different issues that started like coming to the top. Um 
especially like the dynamic you and your spouse had. And I think that's something that happened for everybody, not just people with parents, but um, it really like brought to the surface our roles in our relationship, our roles in relevance to our kids and relevance to our parents and relevance to our jobs. And like, there was a huge, huge transition period where I just felt so overwhelmed. And my husband was just like, he was trying to figure out because, you know, men are told like, when you're at work, you're at work. That's it. You don't do anything else. But he had to figure out how to merge parenting and work at the same time. And but for me, like, I feel like that was always my life. Like I was always a working mom. Um, Even when I was on maternity leave, I was still a working mom. And so it was there was a lot of figuring out that had to happen. Um, But yeah, that's so interesting that you brought up about your husband um, figuring out how to be like a, a working dad, because you're right. I think even when even when men have kids and like men get parental leave nowadays, even right. But yeah, they've, they've never really, a lot of men have never really, like, they're, you're always, I don't know how to describe it, but, like, you're right, because, like, women are always, like, working moms is, like, a thing, but for dads to, like, take care of kids and work, I'm just realizing how new that must have been to several dads during the pandemic, because they probably weren't used to that before. I don't know, Shelly, you work a lot with kids. Would you, have you seen that, or? Yeah, I definitely think that's interesting, like, because, yeah, we, you never hear the term working dads, really. Right. It's always, oh, you're a working mom. Oh, wow, like, you're working and you have kids. But then, yeah, I mean, just, yeah, it's, it is, that is an interesting thing to think about. And I think, um, yeah, when I, so I used to work at a preschool that was, I mean, basically like a daycare. So um, I definitely saw, like, a lot of different types of families. And um, we did have some stay-at-home dads that um, would you know, be bringing the kids in and they were the ones that made all the lunches and did all those things that you were kind of describing at Tia that's like, you know, you have to get up in the morning and yeah, make sure they have their lunch and their snack. And, you know, from working there, I saw like how many different things you have to probably keep track of as a parent. And um, yeah, I was always very amazed when I'm like, I feel like I would be forgetting a lot of these things, <laughs> like just keeping track of, yeah, bringing extra diapers, bringing a change of clothes for the kiddos mm-hmm. that are potty training and maybe having accidents and um yeah or if they're yeah. teething do they need you know the teething gel do they need yeah. their gripe water there's just so many things and so many decisions that I would have had to make in the morning as soon as I woke up which would really like by the time I got into work I was just exhausted <laughs> wow and then yeah. I'd have to like switch my, you know, my mentality to like, okay, now I'm working, working. So I have to be here a hundred percent, but you can't really, well, for me, at least I couldn't really be present a hundred percent because I was constantly like, oh, you know, what's, what are my boys doing? What has my daughter managing in the daycare since it's so new to her? Um, my, my, like part of me was always like going back to what they're doing. And so that was, I feel like that was a challenge that now I'm very comfortable having them like in the next room. And so I know, okay, they didn't eat lunch. That's okay. Let me like take this meeting in the next hour. I'm going to go back and try to give them some snacks. Um, and I'm completely comfortable doing that, but you know, going back to that, dynamic with your spouse or your partner or whatever I noticed you know it was so so frustrating and I think like those first few and I and this is something that I talk to a lot of my female coworkers about I talked to my cousins who are like stay-at-home moms even I talked to them about it and so even the stay-at-home moms like they were like okay I know the kids are home but they're home all the time in the summer and like I don't cook this much 
<laughs> why am I cooking so much? And I'm like, it's your husband. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. Working from home too. Yeah. Because yeah. men, you know, that's how they've been trained. Like, okay, you're working, you're working, but nobody tells them like, okay, now that you're working from home, you can't tell your wife to go get you this, go get you that, you know, go do this, go do that. Because to them, they're like, okay, I'm working. So if I get to be home, that means, you know, my wife or whoever gets my children, whatever, get to, um, uh, you know, provide whatever I need to make sure that I'm still continuing my work. But the, the pandemic like really brought that to light, that mentality to light. Um, and so in my personal experience, we had our workspaces set up in my parents' game room. And so it was me, my husband in the middle, and then my mom on in the other corner. And I always noticed that whenever my parents needed something, they had no problem interrupting me, right? No matter like if I had my headset on, if I was in a meeting or whatever, like nobody had any problem like telling me like, hey, go, go do this, go get that, my husband or my parents. Like nobody even thought twice, but nobody said anything to my husband who was literally right there next to me. Usually he has fewer meetings in a day than me. Um, he can take as many breaks as I can, but because he's a man... That wasn't something that anybody ever thought about. Wow. And so, and that's something true for him too, because he's like, okay, my wife's sitting right next to me. If I need her to do something, I can just ask her. Ooh. Right? <laughs> Which, wow. <laughs> but, but the thing is like, even for me, it took me a while to realize that this is something that was happening. Right. Like if anybody would ask me to do something, I'd be like, okay. And I'd go do it. And then at the end of the day, I'd be like, I got no work done. Why? And I've been like trying to work all day. Why didn't I yeah. get anything done? And so it, it literally took me like a week or two to figure that out. And then once I started figuring out, I started like pushing back and th that caused friction. Um, there, So there were like all these struggles that took place, I think, between me and my husband. And, you know, it's still it's still as the kids grow, as their needs change, as, um, you know, they go through random things our relationship, our dynamic continues to like fluctuate in accordance with that. But um, yeah, like sometimes I still think back and I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I let people like just boss me around and I didn't tell them like I'm working. I have a job that pays me. And you right. know, people, this is a time when people are getting laid off. Like I need to be able to keep the job. Yeah. And I, so, yeah. Wow. And I'm, I'm yeah. curious, do you think some of that was like cultural? Because I know just coming from the South Asian culture, the both of us, it's like women are expected to take care of the families more. Or do you think that was just a general male-female thing? Um, occurred I don't think it's specific well. to culture because I talk yeah. to my coworkers and I'm like, does this keep happening to you? Because a lot of them have working husbands, you know, that they were working right next to. Right. And they said the same thing was happening to them. Um, and these are coworkers who are, you know, Latinas, who are, who are white, who are black, different, you know, all kind, all different races. So I don't think it's something that's cultural. I think it's societal in terms of that it's just the gender roles that we've all been prescribed yeah. Yeah. Um, as part of the patriarchy. You'll find me rage yeah. against the patriarchy very often. Oh, we <laughs> we're, all, we're all about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've definitely talked about, yeah, yeah, we need to do some sort of episode about sexism or yeah, that kind of stuff. Cause I think I'm sure we're all on the same page. Listeners, running out of things to do during quarantine? 
We wanted to tell you about this cool game called We're Not Really Strangers. This is a card game that encourages deep conversations between players, and it's one that Faria and I recently played on an Instagram Live. Whether you're getting to know someone new or you want to strengthen an existing relationship, this game is a fun way to make that happen. Check them out on Instagram at We're Not Really Strangers. Yeah, I had actually not thought about that at all, but that's really interesting to hear about mm-hmm. like um I mean I have I have a few friends who are married too and they've kind of told me how their yeah, their dynamic in their mm-hmm. relationship has definitely changed a lot, but I can imagine like um that plus when you have kids and then um I mean I think I've heard like when you first have kids then your relationship can change a lot just because you're getting used to obviously raising your young kids and then throw a pandemic into that too. It's like, that's kind of a lot to um, try to well, figure out. And to yeah. that, I'll say, so uh, my, one of my best friends just had a baby who is um, the, I think her daughter's like four months now. And so they both, you know, her and her husband had very pretty, like pretty good careers. Like she has like 10 years of working experience in her field. Um, her husband, Um, also comes from like that kind of experience and so one of the things that we often talk about is once you have kids you lose the illusion of equality in your relationship right Um, before you have kids you can be like you can divide up the work you can say you know you do this I do this and you know we get the work done at the end of the day but once you have kids you as a mother are just so much more in tune with your what your kids need that you just end up doing more, right? And you end up getting frustrated that your husband or your partner isn't doing as much. Um, but, and that's where that illusion of equality ends because you're, as women, we just end up doing more care work, uh, whereas men aren't as in tune. And I think it has to do a lot with the way, you know, we raise boys and um, yeah. what we what society expects from them. So mm-hmm. they don't end up doing as much. And I mean, so for my personal experience, I have to tell you, like in the beginning, when I was first married, when my husband first came to the U.S., I, I definitely noticed that like I would be in the kitchen cooking and like he would never like come and ask me, like, do you need any help? Like, do you want me to do the dishes? Um, and then once I realized that this was happening, it takes a while for even you as a woman to realize that this is something that's happening for somebody right, who's like super yeah. woke even. <laughs> <laughs> and so then I started like giving him responsibilities like, OK, you do the dish. If I cook, you do the dishes. Right. Um, but that OK, so you can tell them, but it's different to notice and do it yourself without being told to right Mm -hmm. and so to be an active participant in your home it you have to be insightful to what your home's needs are and that's something that we don't teach boys because we tell them like your work is outside of the home right yeah no matter if um the mom works whatever that's kind of the mentality we raise boys with and obviously these are like major generalizations but i'm just talking in terms of um social culture that we've all kind of grown up in um so but once you have kids like and that's really what sets apart like a good father from someone who's not a great father right um is somebody who can kind of tune in to their kids needs 
Um, so now, thankfully, like my husband does a lot. And so he picks up on a lot of things that the kids need that even I don't have to. Like he'll go above and beyond and he'll be like, okay, so I think because we hadn't, uh, apparently at one years old, you're supposed to transition your kids from bottles to sippy cups. We never did that just because that's when the baby was born and then oh, the yeah. whole pandemic happened. And so um, now my husband was the one who took the initiative and he was like, okay, so it's time. We need to, you know, transition them to sippy cups. And so he he bought the sippy cups. He started teaching them. And so like things like that, even if, and I guess I'm going into like relationship dynamics here, but like even if let's say you don't have like the best, best relationship with your husband when you see things like that it makes it worth it you know or especially for us like we don't get to bond as much one-on-one because the baby sleeps in our room now (laughs) yeah so um but when I see things like that I'm like okay you know this this is the things that make your make it worth it to have a partner who understands what the needs of the home are yeah yeah no, that's I've totally never really sense. thought about that. Yeah, that that's so because like having a supportive parenting partner is like so key to I think, and then even like just general support, right? Like you had him, you were able to go to your parents, like you said. Mm-hmm, did your parents mm-hmm. help out as well with like taking care of the kids, or was it more to have like a uh, just someone there in case of anything, and you and your husband still managed like more of the parenting, or how how was that looking? Yeah, I mean, my ha- parents were there as mostly a support system. Um, you know, if if I had a meeting, I could hand off my kids to my parents for an hour. Right. Uh, but obviously, like, I was still doing much of the heavy lifting in the beginning, and that, that was really, really frustrating for me. So um, eventually, I, I, it took, like, a good three or four months for us to find out, find a good division of work. Um, you know, Ramadan came in the middle of that. So I wasn't fasting because I was still uh, breastfeeding my daughter. And so that kind of meant like more emotional work, more physical work was getting pushed onto me. Mm. Um, and that's a whole month. So like that builds a routine, basically. And um, so, yeah, it took it took a while. I think, you know, my parents tried to do as much as they can. But at the same time, parents are parents, you know, mm-hmm. you're everybody so every person that you let into your kids lives kind of comes with their own mentality of how kids should be raised and that always like yeah there there's always room for dysfunction when that happens so my parents like yes they raised me but you know there's certain things that I want to do differently with my kids and so there's always yeah. like some friction that comes up there yeah but I'm so I'm so blessed that we were able to do that because I think at that time my kids needed more support than they do now. Right. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. And going back to um, you know, just how you said they needed more support. Did you did you notice any changes in your kids themselves when like the pandemic? Because because I was reading something about how you know breaking routine the way the pandemic did it for all of us and messing with our routines is hard for everyone. But like as adults. We can verbalize how we're feeling, right? We can act and um, regulate our emotions. And like little kids don't have that. I'm sure you both know way more than I do how how kids act when they're frustrated or their routine's been broken or whatever. Did you notice any um, changes with your kids during March particularly or like during the pandemic? Um, During March particularly. So, you know, when we first went to stay with my parents, my kids didn't understand much. Mm -hmm. Like things that we would say to them, they didn't understand anything um but 
within like a month or two, I noticed that they were able to comprehend more and like, um, I could like point at things and they would know what I was talking about. And that was something that wasn't there before. And so in a way, like I started blaming myself, like, oh, maybe this is because we put them in daycare and we weren't able to bond with them and give them as much time that they, you know, didn't have that understanding. And now that there's four adults here, plus, you know, my brother lives there too. So they had five adults, so much interaction with family that maybe they're just picking up things faster. I think that was the only change that I had, that I noticed in them. But as I said, like, I think there's a certain age where kids just want their needs to be met, right? To be fed on time, their diapers changed to be put to sleep. And then the other time, the rest of the time, they're just like playing and like doing individual growth or whatever yeah. that, that it is. But um, yeah, like in the in the first few months, like I had a lot of guilt, like maybe I should be staying at home with them and, you know, giving them this kind of connection instead of putting them in daycare. My biggest thing was that they were in daycare for like 10 hours a day, which is a lot, right? Mm -hmm. And so that, for me, like as a mom, that that was my big guilt moment. But um, otherwise, like kids kids are so resilient. And, you know, Shelly can probably talk about this, especially dealing with autistic kids. Kids are so resilient. Like you can put them in the worst of circumstances and they'll be able to come out of that situation very very well um so I don't know Shelly what's your experience yeah no yeah I definitely agree with that I think um yeah I think it's really interesting you mentioned kind of that guilt that I think I've heard a lot of moms say that too that they feel this I mean there's a lot of guilt or shame around motherhood and or parenthood in general I think and you know are you doing the right thing or but I think yeah everything you said I totally I feel like that's true that, um, yeah, all the kids that I used to work with at the preschool that I worked at, like, yeah, a lot of them were there like 10 hours and some of them were pretty young. And it was like, I think it was, they all seemed to do really well. Like, I feel like they kind of like what you're saying with how your kids got to be around more family and they started picking up more things. Like, I think a lot of kids when they're in, you know, they're around other kids, they get to like learn how to socialize. They're learning how to, you know, talk to different people and stuff. So I feel like, um, I feel like, yeah, daycare can be a really great thing for a lot of kids to start, you know, cause socializing is such an important kind of, you have to learn, you know, it's like a skill you have to learn. So I think, um, yeah, that's just something interesting that I've noticed, um, from working at the preschool is like all those kids just seemed like you could kind of see those improvements on like, oh, they're mm-hmm. actually playing with other kids now, or as opposed to just playing by themselves, which typically happens de- depending on their age. I mean, I think, um, the youngest that we had where I worked was 18 months. Um, mm-hmm. and I worked with the younger ones. So I worked with mostly the kids that were like 18 months to about three. So kind of toddler age. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, a lot of, you know, normally at 18 months, they're mostly playing individually, but then it's kind of cool to see like, as they get closer to that, like two, two year mark, they kind of start realizing they can play with other kids and, you know, having more of that interaction and stuff. So I think, yeah, being on that side of it, I'm like, I, I can see how like awesome it is um, that that daycare is something that, you know, parents can have. And mm-hmm. I feel like kids, most of the time, they do really well there and they have a lot of fun. And But I totally understand too. Like, I'm sure I would probably feel some of that guilt too of just, I don't know. It seems like when you have kids, it's like, there's just so much to think about and so many different, you know, so many different ways to be like, am I doing this wrong or right? Or, you know, when really I'm sure it's like, like you said, with, you know, how you were raised versus how you raise your kids, like everyone has a different, um, 
kind of, you know, mindset on how you should mm-hmm. raise children. So I don't know that there's necessarily like a right or wrong way. It's kind of how I view it. But, um, but yeah, and then now that I work with autistic kids too, it is very interesting that um, they are very like, typically kids, a lot of, most kids with autism, like a lot of structure and a lot of like, if anything in their schedule is slightly different, that will really upset them. So that's been interesting mm-hmm. to see. Um, yeah, like they will, they just really need that structure. And um, so I can imagine, I haven't really gotten to talk much with any of the parents um, that that um, go to the center that I work at, but I can imagine the pandemic was probably pretty difficult for those kids that have autism just because it's such a new yeah, you know, so many new things, but I think, um, yeah, for your kids, it sounds like, you know, like you said, since they were so young too, I think it's a little bit over their heads at that point where they're like, I don't know. And they're, you know, <laughs> like, Oh, now I get to hang out with my grandparents and you know, they don't really know yeah. any different luckily, but, um, but yeah, that is interesting though. Yeah. yeah I can imagine. I, I think, uh, you know, having a child with, you know, with, <sighs> With special needs is, I don't know. I don't know how parents would handle that. That's that's just a whole different ball game there. Yeah. Um, especially autistic kids, like you said, who are used to having a set routine and then the pandemic completely threw that out. And then these parents who still have to work all day, you know, my work is very flexible, but I know there's... Even when they're remote, a lot of other, some companies like require, have meetings back to back and you have to be on Zoom all day. Like, how do you deal with a special needs child in that? How do you deal with any children and that, right? Yeah. Um, It's a lot. So I can imagine that's probably a challenge. enjoying our podcast then you might enjoy another one we wanted to recommend a podcast we recently discovered called the happiness lab this podcast is by yellow professor dr Lori santos and it dives deep into the science behind happiness and how we can use that to be happier in our own lives we're already on episode four and we love it check it out and let us know what you think you can reach out to us on instagram at vulnerable views or you can send us an email at vulnerableviewspodcast at gmail.com we would love to hear from you Yeah, so I have so many questions. I'm going to break it down. What is it like working from home? Like you said, you, your husband, your mom, you guys were all three in the same room. Mm-hmm. But then you also had three little humans in that same room, right? Or were they in a different room? Or like, so No, they, was they were in there, in the game right. room. Right. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, because I mean, I don't, I love little kids, but I'm more of like, a, oh, my God, you're so cute. And <laughs> two hours later, I'm like, go back to your parent. Um, so what was it like to have... Because they like they like to poke at you, right? Or like they like to climb on things. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm just like generalizing what I've seen. Like I I sometimes I have a hard time focusing in my desk without a little human or three little humans running around and trying to make sure they're not putting things in their mouths or like you know how how did you do that? Yeah, that was a huge challenge. We had to like baby proof my parents' house. And, you know, that's the house that I grew up in. So they haven't had a little kid in the house for like 20 years (laughs) and so they had like little knickknacks and things all around the house they had like very um delicate things just 
sitting, you know, randomly <laughs> where the kids could reach it. My kids broke a lot of their stuff. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> some of the things my mom threw a fit about, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is what it is. I mean, you know, and then even our workstations that we had to set up, we had to make sure that the wires weren't anywhere where they could reach it because we'd mm -hmm. be like working on something and they just like unplug the Wi-Fi. That happened a couple of times. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, man. So we had to move the Wi-Fi up higher. Like we had to do a lot of um, fixing up of things. So that's one of the reasons that I'm kind of glad that we're back because right now they're just in the living room all day long and then they have their cribs in the other room. And so in the living room, we don't have any furniture in there other than um, the TVs mounted. We have a TV console, which is empty. It has nothing in there. <laughs> uh, we just use it to put their toys away. There's a bookshelf that we used to use for putting toys, but now there's nothing in there either. Um, and then there's a sofa and that's it. And so now I know, like, even if they're in there and my husband's busy and he's not really paying attention, there's nothing that they can get into. But at my parents' house, that was a challenge because we had to constantly, like, keep track of... Uh, what they were doing, where they were. And so just having them in front of us in the game room was kind of a comfort. But at the same time, like when I was in my meetings, I made sure I was just on mute the entire time. Um, if I really needed to talk or say something, then I would just try to, and that's why I have a wireless headphone. I try to like go into a d different room and, you know, like say whatever I need to say. But in the beginning, obviously everybody was very, very understanding. They knew, you know, my kids were always there. And um, usually I would let my coworker, especially if it was like a client call or something, I would let my coworkers know that I'm going to have the kids with me. And so um, they made sure that like, let's say the client asked me something and I don't respond right away. They understand that I'm, you know, maybe there's too much background noise or something like that. But the good thing was like, even on client calls, so I'm like talking to people at IBM, Microsoft, you know, Hitachi, like some of these big companies and you hear their kids in the background too. Right. And so <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't like that big of a deal. Um, but obviously like if my kids are screaming, I'm not going to unmute myself. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So no, I know. Mm -hmm. no, go ahead. Go ahead. Good. No. So it was, it was just really okay. It wasn't that bad in terms of, um, you know, handling work and having them right there with me. Yeah, no, I was just gonna say, I've noticed that as well. I feel like people have become much kinder to like parents who are working from home because they know that the kids are there. And I've been on so many calls where like, you know, you'll hear a baby cry or like, you'll see a, a little, I call them smalls. So that's just like my word. I know they're like babies and toddlers and there's better words, um, like kids coming in. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, like it's, yeah, like everyone's, understanding and patient about it which I think is really nice and then I'm over here like oh my god can you put the baby at the screen like, so cute I'm always trying to get my coworkers to like bring their babies on camera I'm just like they're so cute and they're like yeah they're cute right now and I'm kidding they're <laughs> I'm sure um, they're like if you want to babysit sometime <laughs> yeah give my baby to you no <laughs> yeah no. no for sure that's cool yeah, and I, yeah. I, and I definitely think like like you said right we're trying to we're there was like this archaic understanding of what work-life balance is, right? It's where the man goes into the office and there's no mention of kids. They only talk about their wife in terms of like kind of objectifying her, but not really like giving value to her other qualities. And so even in terms of like when we um, look at the way our society is set up, we have our commercial centers in the center of the city and then we have our suburbs that are outside and so um 
you know, you drive into the city to work and then you drive back out to rest, Mm -hmm. right? But our world doesn't work like that anymore. Technology has changed all of that. But for some reason, we're still following those archaic patterns of work-life balance. And so the one thing that I'm really glad the pandemic is doing is kind of throwing that out the window again. And so now we get to rebuild what work-life balance means. And for me, that means being able to work from home while having my kids with me right next door. Right. At some point, maybe I'll hire some help, you know, when the pandemic ends or something. But this would be ideal for me to always just have my kids with me where I can keep track of them. And so I'm not like part of me isn't constantly wondering what they're doing, how they're doing all of that. I can just go and look. Right. And so there's and there's a lot of things that because we've been living in the in that archaic setup that has been so focused on a man bringing in um, the money into the home, there's just so many other things. And now I keep going back to raging against the patriarchy. Go for it. <laughs> We're here for but it. like I said, women do a lot of care work. So what happens is women... You know, even when we're going into work, into the city, we'll make like two stops, right? Drop off the kids to school. You know, maybe you need to pick something up uh, really quickly or even if it's for your coworkers and then you go into work. When you leave work, you maybe make a little pit stop at your parents' house, see if they need anything or buy them some groceries um, or buy yourself groceries and then you come home. Men don't do that, right? And so... The way our cities are set up aren't conducive to the way we live life for women. And that, like, when you think about that, it's going to make you really angry when you think about that. (laughs) I am. I'm, like, never really. You're right. I've never thought about that. Suburbs and the, I'm getting a little livid right now. (laughs) I'm like, what is wrong with the patriarchy? Everything. I mean, just think about how much easier life would be if, your home, your grocery store, your, um, I don't know, like restaurants or something like that, and your work were all within a five-mile radius, interconnected. Yeah. That'd be so nice. Yeah, I feel like to get that, houses are really expensive. As someone <laughs> who's been like looking and stuff, it's like the ones that are closer to downtown, like where the offices are, the ones that might be near your favorite restaurants. It's like not everyone can afford to live there. And it's not that much. Like you're right. Most but those aren't out in the those and stuff too. But those um, living, even those kinds of um, places aren't right. fa- uh, family friendly necessarily. They're more. Oh, really? They're more like single they're more meant for like single people or like people yeah. with pets and, you know, just a partner or a spouse or whatever. Um, point. I mean, like how often does it happen that you have a school, um, your office and your home within a five mile radius that we're like just those three things doesn't happen. Right. Like, even the places that you're talking about, Faria, they don't really have schools or anything close by. Yeah. No, they don't. And I'm like, I'm single. I don't have kids. Like, I'm not thinking about that, right? Like, that wasn't on my list. And I just, you're right. Like, I'm, But so wow. why, why should you have to move to the suburbs to have, have kids? Right? Right. Yeah. yeah, that's super interesting. And do you yeah. think that's tied more to the patriarchy than to just the general concept of family or are those both like I guess meshed together is what it sounds like or I think that again goes back to that archaic setup of work-life balance right right like they didn't want men or men weren't expected to um 
okay, let me just, you know, okay, I just got done with this meeting. Let me just go check on my kid who is in school, see if they're okay, and then come right back. Right. Right, That wasn't the expectation for men. But women, we do that. Like even when I'm when I used to be at my office, I'd be like, oh, I really just miss my kids right now. Let me just go check on them really quick. And good thing Mm -hmm. the daycare was like seven minutes away. Um, So I would do that. But so now, like, I think hopefully from this pandemic, that's something that we learn. And, you know, men understand that we need to kind of mesh everything together again, like bring children back into it. Why, why are we trying to keep children out of our work? Right. We want them to learn these good values and morals that were, um, and they want, and we want them to see us as a full person, not just as a parent, but as like, okay, so this is what my mom does when she talks to other people. Look how smart she is. Look how, you know, how commanding she is. Like, we want our kids to be able to see all of that. And so that's kind of my hope from this pandemic. I hope this new normal, and I hate that term as well, but I hope, like, this is how we continue to live our lives. Yeah. It's, yeah. Sorry, Tony. I know I'm talking a lot. I just want to say one thing because it reminded me. It's so interesting when you said, like, we want our kids to be able to see how we, how we do things because I was reminded of, like um, – you know, June Cleaver in 1950s, wasn't the whole thing like kids should be seen and not heard or something Mm -hmm. like, you know, don't interfere with daddy's work. Like don't interfere, especially with the Met. Like I I just remember these like 1950s housewife comics. Like I came across in my advertising class. Or if you've watched Mad Men. I haven't actually. (laughs) Yeah, I have watched. What's it like? Yeah. What's it like in that? I mean, it's just a very, yeah, that's set in, yeah, it's set in the fifties and it's just, yeah, it's, um, I mean, yeah, it is very, like, Don Draper is kind of the main character, and he's, like, this, you know, high-powered, like, Mm -hmm. advertising guy, and, um, you know, it's just, like, that traditional thing of, like, he would, he goes to work, he comes home, dinner's ready for him, he, you know, his wife and kids are all there, and, like, and then the wife puts them to bed, like, it's just, his role is very much just, like, he goes to work to make the money, he goes a lot of business trips, all that kind of stuff, and then, he comes home and maybe gets to like play with the kids a little bit before they go to sleep. Um, but then, you know, his wife has been home all day doing, you know, all the chores, doing all the cooking. Um, and yeah, Atia, you're kind of right about, you know, what you mentioned with like, even yeah, in that show, it kind of shows like, I don't think the characters on that show ever talked about their wives in any way that was more than just like, um, I don't know. Like, you know, yeah, you never heard anyone be like, oh, my wife works so hard. Like, I'm so, you know, appreciative that she's, you know, at home taking care of my kids. It's just like, like they barely even mentioned their kids or their wife, really. It was just, um, and a lot of times, you know, they would stay late at the office just to like drink and hang out. Like, it wasn't even like they were working and they're just like having like basically a happy hour at their office. (laughs) And then the wife's just at home, you know, has been at home the whole day taking care of the kids. And I know. um, yeah, it's a good and show. Even the women, yeah. even the women who were in the office, you know, they're yeah. they're just objectified. Their value yeah. just comes from their beauty. Yeah, right. That's true. So, yeah, they're I'm all the so secretaries. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm so so glad we were able to chat, Apia. Thank you so much for joining us. This has been such a treat. 
so many great things to hear about, not just how like how you're taking care of your kids, but like now life advice for us when it comes to yeah. that time in our lives. Uh, if you guys want to follow along with Athea's doing, again, she works professionally in healthcare consulting. She's getting her MBA and she is a full-time working mom to three under two. So she's basically a superhero and you should keep up with everything she does. And if you want to, you can follow her on Instagram at AthiaHSN. We'll have this on our website and on social media as well. And Athea, thank you so much for joining us thank today. You. Guys, it was really fun. Yeah, we had so much fun, especially when you brought the baby on. Thank you so <laughs> yeah. much. That's one of the bad it's things so about cute. podcasts. You can't see the visual of <laughs> you guys missed the, yeah. the cute baby, but maybe we'll show a, a video she of was, this. <laughs> yeah, she was yeah, adorable. She was, yeah, this was right. this was really fun. Thank you guys for having me on. I love talking to you guys. I love being able to share what I've learned with everyone. I think um, it's really important just because we live in this like age of social media and perfectionism that I love talking about all the imperfect things in life Um, just because life is imperfect. It's never perfect. So uh, breaking through that image is really important for me personally. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. That was so fun. (laughs) 